0: Full of Hope Episode 15 How Saving Faith Helps Us to Understand the Love of God From John 3:16 Hello Hope Fellowship Welcome to our podcast Full of Hope Encouraging one another with the word of God where we seek to regularly equip the people of Hope Fellowship with truth from Scripture in order to help us cling to our Savior during troubled times. My name is Jeff Brewer. I'm one of the pastors at Hope Fellowship. Today, we're going to look at one of the most well-known verses in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher, once said of this verse This is the whole Bible in miniature. It is the essence of the gospel, the good news in brief. If you remember, John chapter 3 starts with a Jewish ruler, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus by night in order to ask him a question and find out more about Jesus there's an exchange between them and Jesus tells him in verse 4 unless someone is born again they cannot see the kingdom of god nicodemus goes on to ask a question about how this is possible and back and forth they go until Jesus says are you the teacher of israel and you do not understand these things jesus then proceeds to tell him truth about who he is in verse 13 no one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven the son of man and as Moses was lifted up in the serpent, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus is telling him two things about himself. First, he can explain heavenly realities because he's from heaven. And second, Jesus the Son of man must be lifted up in the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness the serpent that symbolized the judgment of God that came on the people of Israel. Jesus will be lifted up on the cross and bear judgment for the people's sin on behalf of those who believe in him. Jesus is pointing, through an Old Testament example, straight to the cross. And when we get to verse 16, we learn the reasoning behind why this eternal life with new birth is possible. Because God so loved the world. You know, if you think about it, what's happening, not only in our world today, but kind of in the history of mankind, all of humanity is groaning under the weight of sin and the results of sin, death and pain. We rightfully reap the consequences of our sin. Nobody is guiltless and no one escapes the pain of living in a sinful world. But in the midst of this pain, we hear these beautiful words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's a ray of sunshine in the midst of a storm. It's hope for the hopeless. And then if you read the next verse, which seems to be hardly ever quoted along with this most famous verse, verse 16, Jesus fills it out even more. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, just so you don't think that this is somehow teaching some sort of universalism, that everybody is saved and that there's no such thing as judgment, that God's love for the world and and saving the world means everybody is going to enter into his kingdom. The qualification is clearly on those who believe. Jesus came with a mission to seek and to save those who were lost in sin. His first coming was not final judgment of all the people, but God's love being revealed so that people might not face the wrath of God for their sin. The love of God for the world is in him saving those who believe only his son. And so we easily think that the belief is some sort of gift from God that merits us his love, but it's exactly the opposite. His love comes, it's revealed, and then we believe. You know, if you think about it, a lot of times people have a hard time receiving gifts. You know, when someone has given an extraordinarily generous gift to you, they don't, you don't know what to say. But even though we don't know what to say when somebody's a gift, we know kind of what not to say. I'll pay you back for your generosity. That, that's not why they're giving you a gift. And we don't say, I'm not going to accept your gift because I can't give you as good a gift in return. We accept the gift and in accepting it, we're receiving the affection and love that the other person is wanting to show us in giving it. But we, what we don't hear from God is what you sometimes hear when a giver gives a gift. You know, somebody sometimes will say, you know, I wish I could do more. You know, the reality that we see here in this verse and elsewhere in scripture is God is never going to say that because he gave the unique son of God for the salvation of those who believe. He literally couldn't give us more than he's already given in his son. And so we need to see, and what I'd like us to see here today, is the mechanism that God intends that we use to take hold of this love, faith. Because someone who just talks in generalities about God's love is going to make it seem as if you just bask in God's love, just like you're getting a suntan. You know, some people want to stop this verse in the middle and say, for God so loved the world, period. But we don't just sit passively back and soak it in like some, some, some warm feeling. We receive God's love by taking a hold of the love he has shown us by believing in Jesus. This is what acknowledges God's love, that revels in God's love, and his gift for the only way possible for us to know his love through his son. You know, one way to think about belief then is to actively receiving the love of God given to us in Jesus. When we believe, we're actively receiving. You know, think about it like this. If a man is down on one knee proposing to a woman and she says, I know you love me with a love that I've never known. I know you want to spend the rest of your life with me. I know you want to stand beside me in sickness and in health. Does that knowledge or, or does that mean anything unless she takes the ring and tells him yes? The love of God can't be known in truth and experience unless it is received and depended on by faith. If someone doesn't believe in Jesus they can't understand the love of God. The love of God and belief in Jesus go hand in hand in terms of our understanding and appreciation of it. You know, if your conception of the love of God doesn't involve Jesus, really what you have to conclude is, according to scripture, you don't really understand the love of God. But the converse is also can be true. If you believe in Jesus you know the love of God for you by believing in his son. If you believe that God sent his son to pay for your sins and you're trusting in him alone for your salvation, the love of God belongs to you. And this love that we lay a hold of by faith, as we'll see in our next podcast, is a powerful motivator to love others. And so, Hope Fellowship, remember, We have hope in Christ because we have been shown the love of God through him. It is ours by faith. Let's encourage ourselves with this love and make this hope known in a struggling world. We'll see you next time.